Chapter 5 of The Romance of Modern Astronomy. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Romance of Modern Astronomy by Hector McPherson. Chapter 5 The Sun's Family of Worlds. A study of the globe of the Sun itself gives us an inadequate idea of the solar power. We cannot realize the extent of the Sun's influence until we comprehend the marvelous system of planets and satellites, asteroids, comets, and meteors which revolve round it. The Sun, as has been well said, maintains in his rays the whole of his system. If the comparison were not offensive to the Sun God, we might say that he is like a spider at the center of his web. In the net of his attraction the worlds are sustained. Relatively to his magnitude and might, the planets are but toys spinning round him. The planets are divided into three well-defined groups. Comparatively close to the orb of day, at mean distances ranging from 36 to 141 millions of miles, revolve the inner planets, consisting of four worlds. Mercury, Venus, the Earth, and Mars. Beyond the orbit of Mars, we have another group, or rather ring, of 700 small worlds, the asteroids, planetoids, or minor planets. The largest of these is only 500 miles in diameter. Beyond this, at mean distances ranging from 482 to 2,789 millions of miles, we have the group known as the Outer Planets, Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, and Neptune. Mere figures convey little or no idea of the relative distances of the planets. We may, however, represent the sizes and distances of the planets in imagination on a much smaller scale. If we take a nine-foot globe to represent the Sun, we may represent Mercury by a large P at a distance of 127 yards, Venus by a 1-inch ball at 235 yards, the Earth by a 1-inch ball at 325 yards, Mars by a half-inch marble at 495 yards, the asteroids by 700 small seeds at distances of from 676 to 1,385 yards, Jupiter will be represented by an 11-inch globe a mile away, Saturn by a 9-inch globe one and three-quarters miles away, Uranus by a 4-inch globe five and a half miles away. On this same scale we can represent the Moon as a pea moving in a circle at a distance of 30 inches from the ball, one inch in diameter, which represents the Earth. The actual diameters of the planets may be tabulated as follows. Inner planets, Mercury, 3,030 miles, Venus, 7,700 miles, the Earth, 7,918 miles, Mars, 4,230 miles, the asteroids, from 500 to 10 miles, outer planets, Jupiter, 92,164 miles, Saturn, 74,000 miles, Uranus, 31,000 miles, Neptune, 34,000 miles. 
From this table, we see that the outer planets greatly exceed in size the inner planets, which in their turn dwarf to complete insignificance the asteroids or minor planets. The three groups, in fact, are completely different in distance, size, and physical condition. Besides the planets, another class of bodies fall to be mentioned. The planets themselves, which revolve directly round the Sun, are called primary planets. But most of the planets are themselves centers of little families of moons or satellites which revolve round them, and are carried along with them round the Sun. These are called secondary planets, or, more usually, satellites. Mercury and Venus have no satellites, and only two of the inner planets are attended by moons. We all know the Moon, the Earth's sole satellite world. Mars has two satellites, but they are very much smaller than the Moon. The asteroids, of course, have no satellites, because they are much smaller than satellites themselves. But the outer planets have imposing retinues of attendants. Jupiter boasts of no fewer than eight, four large and four small. Saturn is attended by ten worlds, and in addition has a ring of meteoric particles somewhat analogous to the zone of asteroids moving round the Sun. Uranus has four satellites, and Neptune, so far as we know at present, one. These satellites vary greatly in size, from Titan, one of the satellites of Saturn, which exceeds the planet Mercury in size, to the little satellites of Mars, which are certainly under 30 miles in diameter. The orbits or pathways of the various planets around the Sun lie almost in the same plane or level, with the exception of the orbits of some of the asteroids. Along these orbits the planets travel with different velocities. Mercury, 29 miles per second, Venus, 21 miles per second, the Earth, 18 miles per second, Mars, 15 miles per second, Jupiter, 8 miles per second, Saturn, 6 miles per second, Uranus, 4 miles per second, Neptune, 3 miles per second. Mercury, the nearest planet to the Sun, is subjected most to the Sun's attraction and consequently travels fastest. Its velocity is 29 miles per second, or 2,505,000 miles per day. Venus travels at over 21 miles per second, or 1,873,000 miles per day. The velocity of our own planet is 18 miles per second, or 1,555,000 miles per day. Mars travels at almost 15 miles per second, which is equivalent to 1,287,000 miles a day. The outer planets are more leisurely. Jupiter glides along at 8 miles a second, or 771,000 miles a day. Saturn's velocity is over 6 miles per second, which is equivalent to 536,000 miles a day. Uranus travels at a little over 4 miles a second, and in one day covers 372,000 miles, while Neptune, the most distant known world, moves at the comparatively slow pace of 3 miles a second, or 268,000 miles a day. 
comparatively slow in comparison with the other planets, but absolutely very fast, Neptune rushes along in its orbit with an almost inconceivable velocity. And if Neptune's speed is so great that it cannot be realized, it is almost impossible to conceive that our world, which seems to us so still and immovable, carries us along with it in its journey through space at the rate of 18 miles per second, and Mercury at 29 miles per second. The following words of Flammarion bring out this clearly. A ball fired from a cannon leaves the mouth with a velocity of 1,312 feet per second. The terrestrial globe flies 75 times quicker, Mercury 117 times faster. This is a rapidity so stupendous that if two planets were to meet in their course, the shock would be frightful. Not only would they be shattered in pieces, both reduced to powder, but further, their motion being transformed into heat, they would be suddenly raised to such a degree of temperature that they would disappear in vapor. Everything, earth, stones, water, plants, inhabitants, and they would form an immense nebula. Fortunately, we need have no apprehension of such a disaster. The planets are all moving in the same direction, and they are at enormous distances from one another. When Mars and the Earth are at their nearest approach, over 30 millions of miles separate them, while Venus, the nearest of all the large planets, is distant from us at its times of closest approach over 20 millions of miles. As a result of these different speeds and different distances from the central orb of the various planets, the various bodies of the solar system require different times to perform their revolution round the Sun. Not only is Mercury closer to the Sun than is our own planet, and has therefore a smaller ellipse to traverse, it goes much more rapidly round its orbit, and therefore requires a much shorter period to perform a complete revolution. The times of revolution of the various planets round the Sun may be tabulated thus. Mercury, 88 days, Venus, 225 days, the Earth, 365 days, Mars, 687 days, Jupiter, 4,332 days, almost 12 years, Saturn, 10,759 days, almost 30 years, Uranus, 30,687 days, about 84 years, Neptune, 60,127 days, about 165 years. Just as the Earth's year is its period of revolution round the Sun, the year of Mercury is only 88 days, while that of Neptune is 60,127 of our terrestrial days, or almost 165 of our own terrestrial years. Thus, a being who had lived only 24 terrestrial years would be a centenarian on Mercury, while a man of 84 on our planet would be an infant of one year according to the length of years on the planet Uranus. In the solar system, therefore, measurement of time is relative and depends on the distances of the various planets from the Sun. As the different planets vary in distance, velocity, and size, they also differ in weight. Professor Gregory gives the weight of the Earth as 6,000 millions of millions of tons. 
If we represent this by one pound, the weight of the Sun would be 150 tons. The weight of Jupiter would be 310 pounds, of Saturn 93 pounds, of Neptune 17 pounds, and of Uranus 14 pounds. The smaller planets, however, would be on the same scale, lighter than the Earth. Venus would weigh 13 ounces, Mars 1.5 ounces, Mercury 1 ounce, and the Moon about 3 drams. Although the outer planets are much heavier than the Earth, they are not so much heavier as they are larger, which shows that their density is less than that of the Earth. On the Earth, a falling body during the first second of its descent falls through 16 feet. The following are the distances through which a similar body would fall on the other bodies of the solar system in the same time. Earth, 16 feet. Moon, 2.6 feet. Mercury, 6.9 feet. Venus, 13.1 feet. Mars, 6.1 feet. Jupiter, 42.4 feet. Saturn, 18.9 feet. Uranus, 10.8 feet. Neptune, 14.2 feet. On the same scale, the distance fallen on the Sun is too large to be shown, 442.4 feet. The weight of the body at the Earth's surface is the force with which the Earth attracts that body and depends on the mass of the Earth. Therefore, as the planets have different masses, a body of weight on the different planets would have different weights. Take the case of a man who weighs 12 stones on the Earth. On the Sun, he would weigh 2 tons. As Sir Robert Ball puts it, if a man were to be transferred to a globe as massive as the Sun, everything would weigh 27 times as much as it does on the Earth. To pull out your watch would be to hoist a weight of about 5 or 6 pounds out of your pocket. Indeed, I do not see how you could draw out your watch, for even to raise your arm would be impossible. It would feel heavier by far than if it were made of solid lead. It is, perhaps, conceivable that you might stand upright for a moment, particularly if you had a wall to lean up against. But of this I feel certain that if you once got down to the ground, it would be utterly out of your power to rise again. Thus, a man living on such a globe would be unable to rise out of his bed in the morning. A man weighing 12 stone on our world would weigh 28 stone on Jupiter, 14 stone on Saturn, 10 stone on Neptune, Uranus, and Venus. On Mars and Mercury, the weight would be reduced to 5 stone, on the Moon to 2, while on the asteroids it would come down to a few ounces. Let us suppose a man of 12 stone placed on the Moon. He would be amazed to find everything one-sixth as heavy as on the Earth. His own weight would be so diminished that he could jump over a house with as little effort as he could on earth leap across a wayside ditch. Pulling out his watch, he would feel practically no weight at all. A horseman who on earth would consider a five-barred gate a good jump would on the moon leap over a hayrick with the same amount of exertion. Suppose a man were playing cricket on the moon. On earth, 100 yards is a very good throw. On the moon, one of 600 yards would be accomplished with the same amount of exertion. One able astronomer puts this lessened gravity very clearly. 
football would show a striking development in lunar play. A good kick would not only send the ball over the crossbar, but it would go soaring over the houses and perhaps drop in the next parish. If our imaginary man of 12 stones weight were transferred to one of the asteroids which circulate between Mars and Jupiter, his weight would be reduced to a few ounces. Suppose he kicked a ball into the air as an ordinary player would do on Earth. It would not, as in the moon, go soaring over the houses. It would go soaring into space and leave the planet forever. The force of gravity on the little asteroid would not be sufficient to counteract the upward motion of the ball, which would rush into space on a career of its own and become a little asteroid on its own account. These illustrations bring home clearly the different masses of the various planets composing the solar system. For reasons which will be explained later, the planets have different densities. Thus Mercury is in proportion to its size a very heavy planet. Its density is equal to that of zinc, which means that it weighs the same as a globe of zinc the same size. The weight of our Earth is equal to that of a globe of arsenic the same size. The densities of the other bodies of the solar system vary considerably. That of Venus is equal to iron pyrites, that of Mars to ruby, and that of the Moon to flint glass. The Sun and the four large planets, although so much superior to the inner planets in size, have smaller densities. The Sun and Jupiter weigh the same as globes of dry sand the same size, while the densities of Uranus, Neptune, and Saturn are equal to those of amber, boxwood, and walnut wood. The key to the different velocities, densities, and masses of the planets is the marvelous power of gravitation, which was referred to in the opening chapter, and the complete investigation of which we owe to the genius of Newton. Not only the planets and their satellites, but the various comets and the systems of meteoric rings conform to this mighty law, which extends throughout the entire length and breadth of the universe. Gravitation is the marvelous invisible bond everywhere present, operating throughout all space, which keeps the planets in subjection to the sun, and which maintains order instead of chaos, harmony instead of discordance. Much as astronomers know of the operation of gravitation, of its nature they are entirely ignorant. In contemplating this marvelous force which so far has baffled science, the mind is lifted right into the region of things divine and eternal. In this chapter we have briefly referred to the system of planets surrounding the sun. The solar system is not only a system, but a system of systems. For, as we have seen, the various planets with their satellites form subordinate systems within the larger one. To explain the outstanding features of these planets and satellites will be the task of the next few chapters. End of chapter 5. Read by Andrea Kotzer.